what you want, when you want it, where you want it. This is The Mesh. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Exchange on The Mesh Podcast Network, a monthly conversation about startups and small business with ideas, tools, and advice to operate your business more effectively. On today's show, it is one of our favorite episodes. It's a holiday episode. It's our annual Business Lessons from the Movies Podtacular Edition, where we are joined by the founders of the Foot Candle Film Society, Alan Jackson and Chris Fry. We'll give you some movie ideas to make it through the holidays with a minimum of awkward conversation with your in-laws. We'll also be sharing some small businesses of the month at the end, uh, some businesses you should be checking out. So we've got a great show planned. My name is Jeff Newville. I'm your co-host. I'm director of the Small Business Center at Catawba Valley Community College in Hickory, North Carolina. I'm joined by my co-host, Gary Muller, who is the newly designated Executive Dean of the e- of Economic Development and Corporate Education at Catawba Valley Community College. Gary, did I get that right? God bless you. You did great. Thank you. Thank you. How are you doing, Gary? I'm doing great. It's Things early. are going well. This is a wonderful time of the year for Wake Forest. It's- <laughs> okay. Well, so you're an alum of Wake Forest. You're a proud uh, former member of their golf team, and your football team has had a fabulous year. Once in a lifetime. It's and, been charmed. And they, they've only lost, I think, two times ten, this ten year. And two. They're, they're in the ACC championship game. They are undefeated in basketball at this point in time. Seven and one. Seven and one. They're having a good year in basketball. Yes. It, we're going to freeze it right now. It doesn't get better than this. <laughs> so congratulations to you. Uh, it's, it's early December. We're winding up classes at the college. Is uh, everything okay there? It's going really well. Okay. It really has gone well the whole semester. We've been very fortunate. Okay. Well, well we're almost there. You know, happy holidays to you. Happy yeah, holidays happy to holidays our listeners. Happy holidays to you and our listeners. Happy holidays to, to, to Chris Fry and Alan Jackson, who are co-founders of the Foot Candle Film Society. Guys, how are you guys doing? Hey. Doing great. Great. Good to see you guys. Has it been a year already? That's the thing I always, when I got the email saying that we need to, to, to record this, I'm like, oh my gosh, a year has already gone by. It's amazing. Uh, I, and, and I don't know how many years, how many times have we done this? Five, six, seven? I don't know. So that's an interesting question. I was actually trying to look back and see like previous films we've we recommended and you were so kind to give me the last few years to remind us of what we've recommended the last three years. But I'm like, well, how far back do we go? And I got back to 2013. Wow. I think I saw that we did it. So I think that's when we started, 13 or 15. Okay. Anyway, it's been at least six Five or six years. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So we're, we're trying not to give you too many duplicated films. We're going back and trying it's, our best. It's although, getting a little tougher, guys. It's getting, <laughs> tougher. It's getting a little and, tougher. And, and guys, tell us, tell, tell our listeners just a little bit about Foot Candle Film Society and what you guys do. Sure. So we started back in 2008 as a film society. We meet uh, twice a month, usually a Wednesday and a Thursday. And we show a film that doesn't normally come to the area because it's a smaller independent film. And from the Film Society, we grew into a film festival that we hold once a year at the end of September. And uh, we bring films from all over the world for that. And it's it's a lot of fun. Yeah, we have over about uh, between five and 600 members at any given time, kind of as part of the Film Society, but also do a lot of you know community film screenings and other events, too. Just, uh, just trying to bring films to our area to talk about. Uh, interesting and, films. And and you two also host a podcast on, on, true. Uh, that people can listen to on the Mesh Network or Apple Podcast or Spotify or wherever you get your uh, your, your information. All now, the same, yeah. Now, from a business perspective, I would think that uh, the movie business and movie theaters <laughs> have been as challenged as anyone yes. uh, coming through a pandemic. And I, I, I know that's not your... Full time gig, but just no. yeah. You know, what what you know, in terms of observations on sure. on the film business and 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 local movie theaters? Yeah. How, how are things going? It, it, it's, it has been an interesting year, and I do follow the business quite a bit because I'm not only from a personal interest, but I mean it does have some impact on what we do. Obviously, as a film society and film festival, but. And I know it's not, you know, these aren't small mom and pop theaters. A lot of them, most of them are the big chains, but they are. Uh, it's been a tough couple of years um, seeing a, an entire business model like the theater business having to decide how do we constantly ebbing and flowing and adjusting to an unknown future. Um, all the theaters, of course, are you know, worried about people being able to start streaming films online because the studios saw that as a better way to handle their film distribution during the pandemic. 
And now they're trying to coax everybody back out to the theater. And it's it's slow going. It's getting there. But uh, what I really hate or, or hurt these last couple of years are more of those independent theaters, the ones that are not part of the big chains. They're, uh, they've really had a, a tough time. And uh, I think they're forced to kind of be in the same boat as how do we how do we adjust as a business to accommodate kind of a new normal for movie going? Because the idea of just saying, I'm going to plop down $10 and run out to a movie theater and see a film isn't, isn't holding up as well uh, for, for the general public as it did, you know, three years ago. So um, interesting times. Well, yeah. And I think so many businesses, we've all adapted to, to zoom meetings, virtual meetings. You know, we probably, we've become more accustomed to it and more comfortable with it. I fear maybe people have become more accustomed and comfortable to say, Oh, I can just stay home and stream things. And, you know, and, and, and I like the experience of getting my popcorn, going into theater and, and, you know, that sort of shared experience. And, and, um, uh, for me, a more focused experience and, um, yeah, it's it. And I've gone back to theaters a couple times, but not, not as much as I used to. So I I, I know that's a, it must be a challenge for everybody there. Well, and I, unfortunately I'm contributing to the problem (laughs) because, uh, you know, I moved into a new house last December, right in the middle of uh, pandemic time. And, uh, the house is a, we got a smaller house because a lot of my kids are now kind of out. It's just me and my wife for the most part on most days. And one of the rooms in the house, I was able to turn into a finally have my own home theater I've always wanted. So I've got a really nice projector, big screen uh, set up in there with a popcorn machine. Nice. So I'm when kind can of, we come over? I was going to say, I'm going to invite <laughs> you guys over. We'll start doing that. I, uh, the, the problem is, as I realized, as I did that, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm yeah. part of the problem that theaters are experiencing is screens are getting bigger at home, mm-hmm. more films are going online. It is a challenge for theaters right now. I miss, I love the theater experience. I don't ever we want do it to too. go away, but uh, I think they're going to have to be more creativity in how they get people yeah. to come out and enjoy these these films in a in a crowd. So, yeah. Well, well. I, I guess we're going to continue to contribute to that problem and that we're going to throw out some suggestions that you you probably can watch from home. Uh, Both of mine are ones you can watch from home. So, sure. Yeah, um, I think all of ours probably. Yeah, are, so, so, yeah. so we're going to get to our main topic, business lessons from the movies. And here's our premise. We all love the holidays. We like to spend time with our friends and our family. We love to, to give gifts. We like to get gifts. But there will be some time when you're going to need some downtime. Uh when you're going to want to spend quality time with Netflix or your on-demand service. So our job is to give you some interesting movies, some some new, some old, perhaps some classics, perhaps some that are obscure, which we're going to try to find a business lesson in these. Don't have to be a business movie or anything, but we're going to we're going to try to point out a business lesson in a movie that you might enjoy watching. Maybe with your family, we'll sort of see. Depending, you know, some of Gary's <laughs> picks have been somewhat sketchy at times. So he's still uh, living down yeah. the Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, <laughs> right. Exactly. I or, thought I'd bring it back. You know, <laughs> a pretty woman, you know. There's yeah. some nice lessons there, but yeah. you know, there is a prostitute involved. That's but anyway, right. uh, so, profitable business. So we've all got a couple of uh, ideas or, or movies that we're going to give a shout out to. So, so Alan, Chris, one of you guys want to kick us off? I'll go first. Yeah. Um, I'm going to recommend a newer movie. came out in uh, 2021, actually. And uh, it was at the Sundance Film Festival. And then a small company you guys may have heard of, Apple, picked it up and put it on their exclusive streaming service, which is Apple TV+. Plus. I always have a problem remembering how they, how they phrase that. But it is a movie called CODA. And CODA stands for Child of Deaf Adults. And in this film, Ruby is a child of deaf adults. Her actually family, her brother, mom and dad, they're all deaf. Um, she can hear. And so she is a child of deaf adults. And the business in the film is a fishing business that her family has done forever. Her dad and her brother are involved in it, mom and sister as well. And it starts to go through some troubles because there are local rules that start affecting this family about how they can fish and where they can fish and things like that. So the family has to kind of shift and become more of like a co-op. And they get other people in to try to make this idea work of them being more independent. Um, so there's there's their business aspect. And then also Ruby is realizes that she's actually a talented singer. And so she is pulled to try to go off and become kind of a musician, work on her voice, whereas her family, you know, they're, they're centered around the fishing business. So she has this kind of push and pull about, I want to go off and be on my own. I want to do this. I need to help the family business. So 
there's some some good stuff. This is a film that you probably could watch. It has some little bit of language and stuff, but you could watch it with a family. It's a it's a good solid film, and it it'd be a nice. You want to avoid some maybe <laughs> family conversation where sit down and watch this Apple TV Plus. It's a it's a solid film. Coda is the name of it. Okay, Coda sounds good. A 2021 film. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Available on Apple, and uh, and it's not a documentary. It's like a real, no, no, real it's a, movie. Yeah, it's sort an active film. And actually, um, one of the the girl who plays the Ruby, her name is Amelia Jones, and I hadn't really seen her in a whole lot. So this is kind of like a breakthrough role for her too. So, and she's obviously very talented and can sing. Um, so that's a film you might want to check out. Okay, sounds like a good start. Alan, what do you got? Uh, so my. There's a lot of similarities with what Chris just recommended and what I'm going to recommend. So some very similar themes, not planned at all, but uh, (laughs) just worked out that way. Uh, So my film is actually also a fairly new film. It came out uh, maybe a year, year and a half ago. It did get nominated for some Academy Awards in last year's Academy Awards cycle. But it's available online that people can watch now. It's a film called Minari, and it is... uh, is about a Korean family that immigrates to rural Arkansas in the early 1980s. Um, has a the theme of it is a lot of this idea of the American dream. You know, here you have an immigrated family that's come here to America with the dream of having a farm. They want to have a, at least the father's dream anyway. Is really uh, building a farm, uh, but he knows to get to that point, he and his wife have to work. Uh, they spend time first in California as chicken sexers which is you know they're all their whole thing is they're looking at chicks uh, chickens determining the sex and kind of Mm -hmm. that's that's their job uh, day in day out and uh but they're doing that with the idea of knowing that they do want to have this farm they moved to arkansas after being in california for quite a while with the goal of they have now big piece of property and land um and trying to develop that into a farm on their own so not only does the film kind of cover some of the just challenges of doing that while also trying to support your family and taking a big risk to do this. But it also explores some of the family dynamics that happen when, when maybe uh, the two, the husband and wife are maybe not exactly on the same page of what, what could make their family successful and and happy. Uh, So having to work through a lot of that, there's a lot of, you know, talking about partnership that kind of helps make a family business run the risk involved. Um, I'm not going to say the film ends on the most optimistic point about <laughs> starting a business, but I think there is overall a overall sense of hopefulness because it does end at least letting you know that something good will eventually come out of this. It's just it's going to take a while and it's going to be a hard work to do so. But watching watching this uh, Jacob, who uh, is played by Stephen Young, really good in this role. He uh, just his focus and determination on what he wants to do and even if it means kind of having to have he and his family kind of live in a pretty tough situation for a while, and especially being immigrants, also not being acclimated to the uh, culture around them and having to deal with that at the same time. It is an American dream story. It's just it does show a lot more of the uh, perils and hardships that go along with it. But it's it's an enjoyable film. It does have a great heart to it. Um, I liked it quite a bit. So that's Minari is the name of the film. And and that's been on my list to watch and and uh, and you know for the those of us that are a little bit more lowbrow I think you will recognize him from The Walking Dead. The Walking Dead, yeah, yes. that's where he made his chops. He was Glenn. Yep, he was Glenn in The Walking Dead for quite some time. <laughs> no, no longer on the show. No longer on the show. Yeah. So is he good? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty <laughs> bad. We don't want to go there. Okay. Not something I'm you need to watch with the family. I'm still kind of emotionally scarred by that episode. Yeah. So, yeah, so I have to, well, well, yeah, it was rough. Yeah. All right, Gary. What, uh, what movie are you Why are you smiling and cringing at the same time? <laughs> Thinking about the way poor Glenn died, okay? <laughs> well, first, before I go on, I will say Wake is 10 and 2, and I'm looking at two Carolina grads that are both saying, well, we beat you. We beat you. I didn't actually feel that great about that. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I wasn't that great about, about it either. I was only at a point where I was pulling for Wake Forest at that game. Well, I just know. think we would have been 11 and 1. Well, we probably lost the state. The fact that, the fact that that was maybe our only shining moment this uh, football season so far. but um, yeah. You know that Wake has made it in football when somebody storms the field because they beat us. Oh, right. <laughs> yeah, that is, I mean. <laughs> We've known that feeling quite a while. We have not ever known that feeling. It doesn't make me feel good. (laughs) (laughs) So it was uh, 
Great right. moment. Hit us with a movie. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody. Mm. Okay. Okay. Change theme. But really, you know, obviously it's got a lot of great thoughts in it. I yeah. love the music myself, but um, really, and I actually had a theme of a couple movies that are very similar to it. Of, mm-hmm. uh, Rocket Man. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, because like you follow their journey, and you, from the outside, you think, well, they're doing great, and there's no issues, and you really know that there are many, many issues, mm-hmm. and particularly the industry, like we were talking about with the movies industry. It's tough, entertainment stuff, but going mm-hmm. through it, and of course, they had other challenges, but uh, I thought those were really good movies. Yeah, I thought that I've watched I, multiple times because I like the music, but I like the things that come out. Yeah. Well, I agree with you on both of them. I think it's always fascinating movies that explore that entertainment business. And you really, we only know as the general public, kind of the, the big hit songs and right. the concerts and, and all that, but hearing everything that goes on behind the scenes and how much business is involved yeah, exactly. in creating art for people is uh, always really interesting films to watch. So I really liked rocket man. I thought that was a really, really I good film. Too. And, uh, and yeah, both of those do an interesting job of that. And you sit there and you see, you know, folks, and they make it big, and then they kind of forget uh, the people that got them there yeah. or supported them. And then, in these cases, they kind of came back to it. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was and, good, and, some and, good endings, even though yeah. challenging times. And the actor in Bohemian Rhapsody, whose name? Robbie Malik. Yeah. Won mm-hmm. the Best uh, actor, actor Award uh, Oscar for that role as well. Yeah. yeah. I think that's, and I think that's always fun to watch somebody perform try to act and be someone who's was kind of a larger than life celebrity yeah and you, in the movie you you're just you're thinking about the story you're not thinking about that's right that they're that person because they did such they're doing a good job a good, of doing if, it. if they do a good job you forget that you're watching an actor exactly. play a role so that's the exactly. key with all that so that's good yeah i like both of those good job gary <laughs> so excited. probably a little bit of language yeah, well, yeah. A little, little language there. Yeah. want to be careful with the kids. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but good, good, good. good. All right. He sounds so surprised. <laughs> he is like really surprised. He's like, all right, Gary, good <laughs> job. You never know. I'll, I'll bring you down. I'm, I'm trying to be supportive. Uh, well, I'm going to recommend a documentary that I saw recently. Uh, it came out in 2017. It's called Generation Startup, and it's a documentary about some young college graduates who – have have really uh, advanced, interesting degrees from MIT, Cornell, who go to work for uh, Venture for America, which was actually founded by Andrew Yang, mm, who yeah. you might remember yeah. from the 2020 mm-hmm. election. Absolutely. Yeah, and, and he formed this uh, nonprofit organization to place young people in, connect them to startup businesses. So it sort of follows these uh, four students as they're placed into startup businesses. They do not go to Silicon Valley or an exotic location. They go to Detroit <laughs> and winter is coming. And it's, oh, it's wow. cold and it's cold yes, in Detroit. Yes, it is. And it's uh, shot over uh, about a year and a half following these uh, four kids uh, as they're working with various startups. One is called Bonza, which is a pasta made out of chickpea and it was started by a 24 year old uh, and his brother and who had some 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 gluten issues mm-hmm. and sort of shows uh, initially he made a presentation to a local restaurant and the whole thing turned to mush uh, didn't go well so he's really working very closely with a, another factory in Michigan to get the production just right and make sure that the product is good and really shows the importance of before you before you get out too far in the limb making sure that your product or service is is ready for the public uh, they didn't do that the first time but they worked through it and and based on very quick internet research. It looks like Bonza is actually still out there and available in certain stores. Nice. And there, and there are some other companies that it shows us uh, kids working for from a company called Rock Ventures, which is developing a new software platform to connect landlords and tenants and investors and rental properties. Uh, talks about uh, a nonprofit networking organization called Women Rising that one of the one of the the students starts as she's working for another company. Uh, spends a, a lot of time from with a, a young man from Yonkers who's Muslim. His name's Labib, and talking with his family about how he wants to uh, 
not worry about the fact that he just got a microengineering degree from Johns Hopkins, but he wants to go work in this startup and sort of uh, go through this challenge. And his father is driving for Uber and having challenges and sort of doesn't understand why his son would not want to take advantage of his um, uh, uh, education. And uh, it's just some interesting lessons in watching it of, of just seeing how difficult the whole startup process is. Um, you know, you're talking about Minari and just sort of the behind the scenes of, you know, you know, maybe you watch Shark Tank and it looks glorious and glamorous, but you often forget all the hard work and sweat and struggles that go on behind the scenes to make a new business uh, actually successful shows uh, Labib, the the person, you know, he's staying up all night so he can be in contact with the uh, manufacturers in China and just uh, you know, just all the challenges there. And another another observation there, one of the, uh, the guys that are working on this software platform to connect the, the rental properties, you know, they start talking about the passion and, and obsession that's needed to make the business successful. And, and at times they're wondering, do they have the same obsession as the, as the bonds of pasta guys, you know, they just, the bonds of pasta guys are just living it. And mm-hmm. they're, they're not totally, you know, they're, they think they've got a good idea, but it's not like property management is, is their passion. So they're, they're just wondering whether they're going to make it work. You can watch it and see if they do, but it, it just brings up some interesting questions, the whole startup process. So, so name of the movie, Generation Startup, uh, it's available uh, on Tubi, which I was not that familiar with, but I saw it for free on Tubi. Tubi. So, uh, free on Tubi. Uh, I see that it's on Netflix now. Okay. Yeah, I just looked up the, the, the film. So basically, this film is Entrepreneur Exchange, the movie. That's basically what it sounds like. I mean, everything you just described is like yeah, if we were, exactly you know, what everything you're talking yeah, about. If we were a few startup. years younger. Which one is Just Everything you guys talk about in this show, I mean, it seems like it's all encapsulated in this documentary. For it's, the, it's, part, uh, the, so. the startup it certainly is, you know. Yeah. And, uh, so, and, and um, you, you really have to have an idea of what you're getting into. Yeah. And, and you know, I think we can probably all attest to when folks are in, in startup mode, sometimes the, the, the glamour and glitz looks great and they don't understand, oh, I've got to pay for this and I've got to do that. And it's, it's a lot of work and you'll, you'll see that. And in, in part of the movie, uh, early on in the movie, the, the two guys that are doing the, uh, the software platform, they buy a, uh, a dilapidated home in Detroit for like $8,000 and they think they're going to turn it into a co-working space and use it to help house all these these students that are coming in and they're working on their house and they're making progress but has very little insulation and when winter hits they're all <laughs> they're all sleeping in their parkas and it's you know it's it's wow. not a doesn't you know, I'm all for urban revitalization, and some there's some conversation about that going on in Detroit as well. But uh, you know, it you know, the, the Chamber of Commerce might not have approved all the scenes here. It's, uh, it's it, it, the winters look tough in Detroit. So, <laughs> no, that sounds really interesting. That's great. I've already added it to my Netflix queue to watch and no, see when it comes out. So. Okay, well, let's go back around the horn here. So, Chris, what else uh, are you going to share with us today? So, Gary actually made me change my recommendation that I'm going to make um, because of something he said. Um, I'm sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> but that just means I have a film like in my stock for next year when we do this. So that, that's good. Um, this is a really recent release. It actually was released, I believe, Thanksgiving. Um, it's on Disney Plus, so another uh, streaming service. It's the Beatles get back. Um, if you want, and this is like over six hours, so if you want to <laughs> make sure you don't have any conversation, you can probably just put this on. And and if some of your family members aren't interested in the Beatles, they'll fall asleep. <laughs> because <laughs> if you don't care about the Beatles, yeah, this isn't going to be anything for you. Um, you know, the, the title of the documentary is Get Back, so you can figure it has to do with them trying to make the album that eventually comes out to be uh, Let It Be. Um, I've been a Beatles fan all my life. And all I have known about the Beatles, because I've never actually watched a documentary, is that, yes, they broke up. Things didn't work out eventually. They all went their separate ways. But And you hear rumors of why this happens. Well, with over 60 hours of unseen footage that was edited by Peter Jackson, who he usually does Lord of the Rings movies, things like that, he made this documentary. And you see the different creative minds that are just 
butting heads, still, you know, trying to be nice to each other sometimes, but you can just see how like, yeah, this is, this is tough. They're trying to make art. People have different opinions, very strong egos, obviously with John Lennon and Paul McCartney, but you see George Harrison also as the youngest member of the group getting very frustrated. This podcast is sponsored by Jackson Creative a custom communication agency located in downtown Hickory, North Carolina, specializing in online content creation. To learn more, visit thejacksoncreative.com. Jackson Creative, we tell your story. And kind of, and at one point saying, I'm out. Like at the end of the, one of the session days, he's just like, I'm, I'm out of here. I'm gone. And the other members like, whoa, they're kind of like surprised by this. And they, of course, coax him to come back. But they're just having to work with a team, the four band members, plus the producers that come in and share their comments about what they think is best. And there's a lot of lessons to be learned about trying to work together to achieve a goal, some good and some not so good. Um, But yeah, the Beatles get back. It was very entertaining just to see this thing you've always heard about them working and then nobody ever did anything with the footage and somebody has finally said, okay, you know, here's here's a documentary. It was it was very eye opening. So, but if you don't like the Beatles, probably not for you. But I love if the you Beatles, do, and I've looked at that. So, thank you for saying yeah, that. Yeah, it's I mean, it's it's definitely worth watching. And just mm-hmm. little, you know, yes, there are moments of animosity, but some of the joy that they're able to capture about these people being in a room, being creative, is is awesome. And then you know, the it culminates. One of the cool things to also stick around for. If you make it through the first two episodes, the last episode shows basically more or less kind of an unedited cut of the rooftop performance that they end up giving. And that's the last time they ever play together and how that actually came about. That was not the original intention for what they were supposed to do, but it was kind of like, well, we got to do something. We got to do a live performance. And they kind of made that work. So a lot of kind of last minute planning. It's, it's interesting from a historical standpoint, but just from a creative standpoint. So the Beatles get back. Wow. Good Great choice. Good, good, good swerve yeah. there at the last minute. <laughs> there, well, good. he was talking about Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody and Creative. Well, I, mean, like, you know I what? love those kind of things. So yeah. yeah, that's great. My, my wife and I started watching that last night. So I've sort of, it's been on the list and you know, you got to set aside some time to, yes. to, to get through it. But I'm, I'm fast. I'm fascinated by the Beatles. So and I'm actually one of the things to too, I will say from a critic standpoint, yeah, the thing all told it's over like six hours. I mean, it's long. Mm. And I would say it could be edited, but something about leaving it really long, you kind of get the sense of, no, these people are just doing this day after. And so there is kind of a drudgery aspect, but once you get to that final culmination event and you hear tracks, you're like, oh, these are the ones that are on the album. It's, it does, it's very gratifying. So it, it does kind of get long in parts, but I think that's actually part of the message is like, no, art's hard. It's work, <laughs> so I think it's worth sitting through. Yeah, I've been trying to figure out when I can carve out the time to watch this. I'm so I almost started it last night, and I'm like, it was you know late at night. I'm like, I can't quite commit to even a two hour because it's like three episodes, right? Or it three is three parts. episodes, three yeah, parts, but yeah, two hours each still. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, well, I'm, I'm looking for. I'm going to be getting into that over the holidays, so I'm looking forward to that. Alan, what uh, what say you? So Chris brought up a film or a series of films that's very, very new. Mine may be newer, even so, because yours is only a couple weeks old. Mine only may be a week old at this point, okay. if I'm thinking correctly. Um, and it is online. It is currently, well, you can see it both in theaters or you can watch it on HBO Max if you have that subscription. The film is called King Richard. Um, I'm a tennis guy. I grew up with tennis. I played tennis. I taught tennis for many years. Uh, I still am very aggressively watching tennis anytime it's on now. Um, so, of course, the Williams sisters, Venus and Serena, obviously uh, big players in the tennis world in the last you know 15 years. Uh, just amazing athletes, amazing uh, 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 um, contributions to the sport. And you know, I've always heard the stories of their father, you know, Richard Williams, that he was kind of their, you know, kind of de facto coach for many years as they were kids. He was the one that kind of really got them supposedly very focused on on the game. And you've always heard those stories, but they did make a movie about his role and, and what you know, really focused on him. I mean, Venus and Serena are in the movie, obviously, but the movie's really about him and the role he played. Uh, he's played by um, Will. Uh, What's Will, Will Smith? Smith. God, I can't believe I forgot the name. <laughs> uh, played by Will Smith. Um, 
you you follow the story from him where the, the girls are already into tennis, they're already really good. It's basically the idea of trying to move them from where they are in Compton, where they don't really have the resources and facilities to really let the girls grow, to try to get them out to California where they would actually be hooking up with a, a coach and, and a a real pathway to get on the circuit and play and get, get recognition for what they're doing. So there's a lot of business things you can take from this. I think it's interesting watching Richard's approach to uh, trying to solidify deals with various coaches once he feels like are going to be ones that can take the, the girls to the next level of their career. Um, but you also, so there's a little practicality, the business side of things, just having to work with that. The fact that they are living fairly low income. He's a security guard is what he does as a job. So everything he's doing with the girls is every hour of free time he's got is working with them. And he's doing the security guard, guard role really just to pay the bills. And uh, to see that balance, him having, and, and, but the focus and dedication he, he puts in to his girls um, is, is pretty amazing to watch on, on film as it's being uh, dramatized there. You know, there are, and I think the film does a pretty good job of bringing up the fact that there are some people around them in their circle that see him being so aggressive with how he gets the girls training and they're practicing and teaching and teaching them that there's other people that are concerned. It's like, are you kind of like doing too much? You're going too far with this. And obviously we find now all these years later that, well, no, it absolutely paid off. <laughs> and, you know, uh, I think, I don't think anybody can go back and question kind of his, his role with that. So I do think from a business perspective, there's a lot here about commitment. There's a lot about you know, the the effort and energy to put in to be the best at something. Um, and also I wonder, could the Williams sisters have been as successful if they did not have somebody in their life like their father, Richard, kind of being that advocate and a little bit of a mentor, but more of just that, that personal coach on getting them focused and motivated to, to be the best they can be. It's important. It does definitely play up the role for that kind of person to be in your in your your circle of influence. I think. Picture that kind of like Tiger Woods' dad. Yeah, exactly. Same kind of yeah, idea. Because you've there. heard all the rumors, mm-hmm. or stories, mm-hmm. yeah. and he idolized his father. But yeah, and it did work in his case. Mm-hmm. Of course, there are lots of folks that probably are trying to do the same thing that don't succeed. That's right. Sure. And it's just a, to me, it's an interesting question. It's like, okay, if Venus and Serena were born to a different person right and then had that same father role that played such a engrossing role in their life where would they have ended up yeah. you know there's no telling and i think it's interesting to see that plus i think the film also it, it does tell a little bit about how the fact that they were living in more of an inner city kind of lower income area mm-hmm. they were faced with a lot of issues outside of just the tennis world the father you know was being threatened a lot by some gang activity in the area and got, uh, trying to protect his daughters from getting involved in that. He suffered some physical hardships and some, uh, some issues with that as well. So again, you see all of that and you see just that, that level of focus and commitment I think is pretty amazing to see in this guy. And uh, just, yeah, I just wonders even from a, in a business, if you had somebody that could kind of be that motivator and that, uh, that supporter for you, how much more uh, successful some people could be in their lives. So, yeah. Well, uh, and I think you also see how he charts such a unique path. I mean, he's got a, he's got a plan, and oh. he's sticking to that plan. Yes. And and the way he negotiates with some of the coaches, there's yeah. some probably some negotiation lessons mm-hmm. in there too. And there that the, he he knows how to get what he wants. And and <laughs> I take it you've seen the film. I have. Yeah, yeah. We, we enjoyed that one. Yeah, yeah, it, no, was, it was good. Was, um, I thought it was really good. Yeah, you're right. The negotiation. There's a couple scenes of him trying to get a better arrangement with uh, a coach and having to kind of play some against each other. And, and he usually succeeded. He did. I mean, well, obviously the results are there. That's with a film like this. You know, if it wasn't a true story, you'd be questioning at the end of yeah. the day. Well, did they really pay off? But obviously, this being a true story, we know both of the sisters yeah. are so successful. Absolutely. I mean, it's amazing, and it, they followed exactly that plan that he had out for them, which mm-hmm. is. You're right. Kind of plotting a path and staying focused on that is uh, is great. So yeah, it's King Richard, uh, HBO Max. You can if you're a subscriber, you can get it right now, or it is still playing in theaters for a while. So yeah, and and Will Smith getting some Oscar buzz as yeah. well. Yes, so. uh, yeah, he, he he was good. He was yeah. good in that. So all right, all right, Gary, what do you got? 
Okay, I'm going to bring you down. <laughs> oh, no. He did such a good job That's with the right. music ones. but uh, Risky business. Oh. Ah. That works. Yeah. Risky business for <laughs> Tom, Tom Cruise. And, and you know. a little bit of a theme. He's in The Firm also. The, oh, true. Mm-hmm. And I thought that that's really my business, and because that talks about you know all the tough stuff that goes on in the legal and business world. But I, like, I thought like, start with the, the murders business. and whatnot. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which is a really good movie. I think I like the firm too. But yeah. uh, that was interesting. I was looking at this thing. Uh, Tom Cruise has a handful of movies besides the uh, espionage movies. But well, you know, I think I recommended years ago uh, Jerry Maguire, yeah, well, which is you know, another really business one that uh, I'm a big fan of. But uh, yeah, risky business is a good is a good choice. I mean, it's if you think about it, we, uh, you get past all the, you know, the yeah. the, 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 the prostitution. Humor. Well, there again, that's why I wanted to bring you. Hey, what's what's up with the prostitution? Man? <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, it is a business. I mean, that, that's the whole premise of how the. I happened to be watching it on a Saturday morning. Yeah, uh, a couple months ago, I said, "Hey, this works for the." <laughs> You were watching ris- Risky Business early on a Saturday morning is what you were saying. So that's how you start your day. So the I, I channel surf in the morning while we're getting ready Don't to you? That's good. start our day. And I say, hey, this could be a good fit. Yeah, they might change your title again soon at some point, okay? <laughs> it was Risky Business to change. Yeah. <laughs> and The Firm is good. Is that the one? That's with uh, Gene Hackman mm-hmm. too, right? Yeah. Yeah. I and remember seeing really that. Got a lot. That's really got a lot of good yeah. stuff in it. I remember that one specifically, and I always thought that was a good movie. It holds and, uh, your attention all the way. Yeah, the movie. yeah I think that, that might have been the first Grisham book that turned into a movie, I, I think. Or at least became a, a pretty big hit with yeah. it, I think, if, if nothing else. But yeah, um, I remember that was a pretty big deal when it came out. Yeah. I, I thought it, was, it held up pretty good. So, it's, yeah. Okay. Well done, Gary. Yeah, that's that's good. Tom Cruise <laughs> double shot there. Yeah, so. I'm so nice. proud. It's <laughs> good. All right. Well, my last movie is one that... that you all know, every our listeners all know as well, uh, featuring our generation's uh, probably most popular actor. If it's not Tom, Cru- uh, if, it's, if it's not Tom Cruise, it's probably Tom Hanks. Okay. And 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 bear with me. I'm going to recommend that you rewatch the movie Big with Tom Hanks. Okay, yes. And and we all know the story. You know, twelve yeah. year old Josh Baskin. Too short to ride a carnival ride, goes up to some weird uh, fortune-telling thing. Zoltar wants to be big, wakes up the next morning in his bed, and he's not 12-year-old Josh Patton. Well, he's still 12 years old, but now he's in Tom Hanks' body. Uh, he and his friend Billy run around trying to find Zoltar so he can wish to be small again or back to normal again. Zoltar's left town, so he's got to go to New York and uh, sort of lay low for a while. And he ends up working for a toy company, the McMillan Toy Company. Mm-hmm. And and you uh, you know everyone remembers the famous scene in FAO Schwartz where he and uh, he runs into the CEO of the toy company and they they do the dance on the big piano and you know very iconic scene. But what I want you to be thinking about is is one of the next scenes where where the CEO of the company brings Josh into a product meeting with the. Uh, uh, I guess a product manager played by John Hurd, and he's throwing out all sorts of statistics and things about a, a new toy he's come up with, with is a building that turns into a robot. And, you know, Tom Hanks is sort of there fiddling with it, and he seems puzzled and raises his hand and says, he doesn't get it. It's just not fun. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, everyone's saying, oh, he's right. We could do a robot that turns into insects or change it in different ways. And everyone's getting excited. And John Hurd is fuming. And, and uh, to me, the lesson in here in something that Gary and I talk about often is what we call customer discovery of actually talking to your customers before you spend a lot of money coming up with a product or service that they might not want. Yeah. And and to me, this really exemplified that. Of course, poor John Hurd didn't know that his target customer was actually sitting in the room as a 12-year-old boy that uh, knows a lot about toys. And uh, uh, as, as the movie progresses, uh, Josh gets promoted to his dream job of being in charge of product development, and he gets to run around and play with toys and, <laughs> and have people bring him food, and, and he's having a grand time. Of course, now 12-year-old Josh also gets uh, to hook up with Elizabeth Perkins. But don't focus on that part yeah. of it. <laughs> a little problematic, but, you know, <laughs> yeah, it's, the movie's still enjoyable. <laughs> yeah, so anyway, I, I, to me, it was a good example of 
what not to do when, when you're coming up with new products and services and demonstrates the importance of getting out and talking with your customers before you make too big an investment in your, in your new business or a new product or a new service. So customer discovery, we want you to focus on that. And, and this is a good example of sort of what not to do before you run out and start investing in your business. So, that's great. That's now, great I always answer. remember watching Big and being very jealous of the jo- the job that basically Josh had during that film. I'm like, oh, could you imagine a 12 year old brain, but getting to do that kind of work all day? Even now, even when I was you know in my 20s, seeing the film, I'm like, uh, yeah, I'd still would love to have sure that job. Have that. Exactly. <laughs> that would be great. But um, that's a good that's a good point. Good yeah. good business lesson there for sure. Right. Yeah. So anyway, we we've, we've given you a lot of good films to be thinking about uh, from Coda, Beatles Get Back, Minari, King Richard, Bohemian Rhapsody, Rocket Man, The Firm, Risky Business, Generation Startup, Big. So you got a lot of potentials out there for you to be uh, enjoying with the family. We we want you to do that. While we have Chris and Alan here, here we we always with our guests. I'm not. We haven't always done this with you guys, and there are two of you, so it makes it a little mm. more challenging. But yeah, you know, but, but it's quick. We're gonna yeah, we're, we're gonna be. do a lightning round if you're up for it. Sure. Um. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I don't think we've ever done this before. All so. right. Well, we're gonna scared. What was you gonna ask? <laughs> a little. A little <laughs> no, nervous. nothing to be scared. So we're gonna ask you quick questions okay. and quick answers, and, mm-hmm. and we'll let you both answer them. And mm-hmm. and you know these are more personal, so they might not be the same answers. Okay. So question number one: What is your biggest pet? Peeve. Biggest pet peeve. Oh my gosh. Um, oh, mine's meetings. Meetings. Okay. Absolutely. Wow. Um, and not all meetings are bad, but meetings for the sake of having meetings just can't unnecessary stay. meetings. Yes. Yeah. Because yeah. okay. you know, with the things like you know, Zoom, you could ask somebody a question, or even we have technology like Slack and stuff like that. There's so much communicating that can be done without me having to sit in a room for an hour when that could have been handled with a Slack. Over it, like immediately. So yeah, meetings. Okay. <laughs> is this a pet peeve related to business or Doesn't, just in general? Well, well, just in okay. general. All right. Well, then my biggest pet peeve is people who uh, play, um, have their phone on speakerphone mm. in a public space. Oh, dear. Or playing <laughs> games or videos with the sound up in a public space like a restaurant or somewhere else. That's a good, good That is my pet Fair peeve. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. All right. Good, good answers. Next question. What is your favorite vacation spot or, or one that you would most like to visit? Uh, mine is Denver, Colorado, or the outskirts of Denver, Colorado. I love that area out there. Uh, mountains, the mountains outdoors stuff. Mountains outdoors. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would love to go to London. Okay. Anyway. Haven't been, have always wanted to go, so that, no. that's somewhere I'm looking forward to. Okay. <laughs> Next question, Beatles or Rolling Stones? Mm. Chris, you go first. That Okay. I recommended <laughs> give out Beatles or Rolling Stones. Um, I'll, I'll say... It, it's a tough call, but I'll, I'll say Beatles. I mean, you can't really go wrong, but anyway. Yeah, yeah. No. Now I'm going Beatles as well. I think the the overall body of work to me is still more impressive. The diversity of type of music is a little more impressive. So There's not yeah. one right answer here. So that's fine. <laughs> that's I just want to give a little backup. I, I, wanted to stave I, off any, I wanted to stave off the hate mail that you know, I'm sure is going to be deluding me with this. All right. So, yeah. uh, next question. Christmas turkey, Christmas ham, or are we going vegetarian this year? I'm I'm a ham guy. I do love my ham. Okay. I'm not a big turkey fan, so I'm okay. going Christmas ham. I'll, I'll probably um, I'll, I'll do the vegetarian route if I can. Yes, it's 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 up to you, man. Usually, the good thing is there's so much food available mm-hmm. with like a Christmas meal. You can usually work around having meat if you don't want to do okay. it. So I try to be healthy. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, you're vegetarian. you're looking good. Well, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Last question: If you could have one superpower, mm. what would it be? Wow. Um, I'm going to say flight. I hate driving. Um, so if I could just That's come to work one. by flying, I'd be like, awesome. You know? okay. <laughs> so yeah, flight. One. I'll just say flight. I, I think speed, like super speed. Like I flash. Just, yeah, yeah, like yeah. flash. Like uh, I just, I, I always feel like I don't have enough time and there's no way to really make more time. So like in, you know, Physical space. So, like, make make the time, make me do more things in the time I've got. So, yeah. All right. Well, we we appreciate you guys. uh, Oh, that wasn't that. That wasn't too painful. It wasn't wasn't tough, was it? No, not really. Yeah. So, remind folks. So, if they want to find out about the Foot Candle Film Society, where should they be looking? How can they find it? 
Uh, so footcandle.org is our website, and we're pretty active on Facebook and, and all that as well. And we do monthly film screenings in uh, downtown Hickory, uh, and they're open to the public. It's not just membership. You can pay and get a ticket at the door every time we have space available. Um, so footkindle.org, and then coming up in the fall will be our film festival, and you can learn more about that at, at, throughout the year at footcandlefilmfestival.com. That's our two websites. And again, Facebook and other places. You search for Foot Candle. There's not that many Foot Candle related organizations. So you search for Foot Candle, you're probably going to find us pretty easily. Foot Candle, no S on the end. No S. Singular. singular Foot Candle. And footcandle.com, I don't know where that goes. So I'm not going to advocate anybody type that in. It's footcandle.org. Just to kind of lay that out there. In case I haven't been to footcandle.com in a while, it could be something very... Weird or inappropriate, so again, we, we take no ownership of it. It's footcandle.org is ours. Gotcha. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we always like to wind up our podcast with uh, a small business of the month that uh, we might have come across or, or want to give a shout out to. So, so Alan, you, you said that you had one. I actually do, if that's okay for me to, to jump in on this and bring one up. I know it's not anything to do with movies or film, but um, I love that you guys do highlight some great small businesses and all. And, uh, I, there's one I, I just I love what they do more than anything. I like kind of the positioning they take with the way they brand themselves. So it's a company called Time Genies here in the Hickory area. I'm probably very familiar with them. Um, you know, a lot of people may know this company as well. They do a lot of cleaning of homes and offices, and yeah, they do. But that is one aspect of what the company does. The company has really been set up to, which their slogan I think is great, is making life easier. It's all about helping you do the things that are taking up your time or helping you get back your space. Um, and so that whole time genies thing kind of name works really well with it. So they offer a lot of services. It's, you know, home organizing. They do a lot of uh, kind of help staging a house for realtors, you know, if you're looking to sell your house, office cleanings, they've got residential cleaning, they've got personal and office concierge services. So just the idea of, going grocery shopping or some light housekeeping or car repair needs, you know, they can assign people to come and take care of that for you. So like I was just talking about with my superpower, my whole thing is I I need more time. And if there's things that I can have somebody I trust to go out and do or take care of in my house or around it, I'm going to do that because it gives me more time back either for personal needs or work related or whatever it may be. So time genies here in the area, um, they do a lot of the cleaning services, but uh, again, and we use them here in our office building for, for cleaning, and they do a great job. But uh, more than anything, I just love the assortment of different services they try to provide. They have identified a need that people have and mm-hmm. are trying to build services around how we help satisfy that need for people. And that's that's ultimately what you want out of a good small business. So um, that's Time Genies. I think it's time-genies.com mm-hmm. on the web. And uh, Karen Tonks is owner and founder of the company and uh, just does a, it's a great job, great resource for this community. We know her well. She's great yeah. choice. All right, Gary, what, uh, what are you going to give a shout out to today? Um, shout out to Dick's Cafe. You may have seen it last Sunday's paper. The Dick Hewitt oh, retiring after 42 yeah. years. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, treasure. Uh, driving between Conover and Newton, been there. I didn't realize I'd been there that long. Mm-hmm. And he's retiring. It's, and what's great is he's turning it over to his manager of many years, Sherry Fish. Mm-hmm. So I give them a shout out okay. for a long time and continuing. All yes. right. So if you're in our area, you should be checking out uh, Dick's Cafe. Yep. And uh, that, that's a good one as well. I am going to give a, a shout out to a business that I just read this week was being recognized by. Uh, Business North Carolina Magazine is one of their small businesses of the year, and it's a company that uh, was started by a father and son, Elijah and Brett Morey, to make hot sauce. It's called Elijah's Extreme, and uh, they uh, they make flavorful, thick hot sauce, different different flavors. Uh, they started out in June 2014, and by landing uh, an, a, the Bass Pro Shop account, they actually were selling their hot sauce through Bass Pro Shop. And uh, the reason that I think they're being recognized this year is that, like many businesses, they really had to 
uh, pivot. Uh, their, their business primarily had been business to business. They'd been selling to, to customers like Bass Pro or restaurants and whatnot. When the pandemic hit and that business really slowed off, they really had to, to flip things and they really uh, built up their social media, got onto TikTok, which Gary, you and I need to look at that at some point in time. I hear it's very popular. <laughs> I've heard of it. Um, and uh, built a big consumer business for their award-winning hot sauces. So uh, you can check them out online at uh, Elijah's uh, Extreme, uh, dot com, and then you can buy individual sauces and in such flavors as Reaper sauce or Ghost Pepper hot sauce. So, I mean, I don't think this that is for the... me excited. This is not for the faint of heart, I think. And they also have uh, uh, gift packages, and it's that time of the year. So if you do have someone in your life that enjoys... Uh, that sort of spice. Or not. Or, or not. Or, uh, you can check them out, ElijahTheExtreme.com. So uh, mm, interesting small business. Check it out. Yeah, yeah. that's great. Yeah. Chris, Alan, we so much appreciate you guys doing this with us every year. It is one of our favorite times of the year. It but is our favorite. It's, it's a pleasure to have you guys here. great guests. Yeah, we look forward to it as well. So it's always great. And, uh, you know, being kind of business people and also being film people, it's a great marriage to kind of, explore every year so we appreciate the opportunity well uh, we encourage our listeners to be checking out all the podcasts on the mesh.tv there's a variety of different things out there so uh, go to the mesh.tv you'll see the entrepreneur exchange as well as uh, uh, things from uh, how to take care of your home lots of good comedy sports a little bit of everything out there uh, so thanks to Alan Chris for joining us today Gary always a pleasure That's to have you great. with us Happy holidays. Happy holidays to you. Happy holidays to our listeners. And we will look forward to talking to you again in about a month. Take care. Take care. You've been listening to The Mesh, an online media network of shows and programs ranging from business to arts, sports to entertainment, music to community. All programs are available on the website as well as through iTunes and YouTube. Check us out online at themesh.tv. Discover other network shows and give us feedback on what you just heard.